0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight is Richard Halls. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. And this week, we have three main reviews. We're going to kick off with Money Plane. Then we're going to go over to Pay Dirt, Widow's Point is going to be our third film. And then we go into The Short Shot, which this week is We Die Alone. And our DTV throwback is going to be the Mark kascos starring Sabotage. So without any further ado, let's crack on. So, our first review is Money Plane. Professional thief Jack Reese finds himself in the debt of the Rumble, a powerful kingpin with an art, when an art heist goes wrong. He and his team are forced to take on the Money Plane, an illicit casino in the sky. But as usual, not everything is as it seems okay so this stars adam copeland also known as the edge from wwe wrestling um i've seen a couple of his films now and i actually quite like him as a a leading guy um I, i think he's quite affable you know he can do the physical stuff but he can handle his lines quite fine um but even better we've got in the um Sort of supporting role, Kelsey Grammer as the Rumble, this um, sort of evil kingpin guy, and boy does he chew up the scenery something brilliant. Um, over to you, Rich.
0: Yeah, and also amongst the cast is is once again Thomas Jane. I feel like the show is turning to the Thomas Jane <laughs> the Thomas fight. Jane the appreciation
1: factor <laughs> thing. Yeah. And very, He's briefly, everywhere. <laughs> and very briefly, we also get a bit of Denise Richards as well, who, if you remember, ages ago, was also involved in a film involving a, a plane heist.
0: Yes, Altitude.
1: Altitude, that was it, yeah. With, but with she Dolph was Lundgren. the lead in that one. She, she was, was the lead on. with Dolphin And Lundgren in this one, she's there.
0: really got nothing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. she, she's just a token. We need another people. name.
0: Yeah. Can you just come on and do a couple of days? <laughs>
1: If that thinks an afternoon, isn't it? Basically, what she quite
0: does. possibly, yeah. She doesn't. She literally doesn't get anything to do. She's just the wife. Yeah. Um, Thomas Jane is not massively involved in the action, but he's he he basically he sort of sits it out, and he's like he, all his scenes take place uh, on the ground, sort of mm-hmm. separate from from the action. In one case, operating a drone <gasps> with a gun with, yeah. uh, with from our old from the old. Um, <laughs> Steve is a film. Contract to kill. Yes, see that back again. <laughs> um, and the for the but still, even though he's only in those bits and bobs, I still think he brings a lot to it. I really, I'm really becoming a big fan of Thomas Jane at the moment. He
1: he, he does bring a lot to it, and, and he even sort of gets to smoke a pipe. You know, just to sort of give his character a little, yeah, a little <laughs> new like You know, yeah, which is quite funny as well. Um, R- R- sorry, Rich, uh, Steve. What did you make of Money Plane? I didn't see this one. Oh crumbs! <laughs> okay.
0: right. Don't I... worry. It's not like he told you that just before we started recording. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that two minutes ago, Mike.
1: <laughs> Mine like a sieve. <laughs> I'm on autopilot, so going through the motions. Sorry. I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna interject back. I'm gonna interject back in. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so it starts out really cheap, and with a, um, it's supposed to be an art gallery heist, but it's a, an art gallery like literally in the middle of nowhere in an abandoned looking building.
1: (laughs) It is, it's a bizarre place, yeah. seems a bit strange.
0: Um, But the
1: the whole film unfortunately does look a bit cheap, even the money plane itself. Oh, Um, the money
0: plane is so cheap.
1: It is incredibly cheap. I mean, we're talking, you know, um, asylum cheap here, basically. The the sets aren't particularly great, but having said that, the actual cast are are actually pretty decent in this. Um, The team that he's got, you know, I can't remember the name of the girl in it, Um, you know, the the one who's actually the real badass uh, on on the team. I thought she was pretty good. Um, There's a bit where. Isabella. Yeah, there's a bit where she rips somebody's ears off in a fight and you actually hear them bounce off the floor, like because of the made of plastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: But but, yeah. One of the things is that, don't you think this film at times, it's surprisingly violent? Yeah, yeah. Like, is. Jesus, hang on a minute. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're watching quite a light, light, frothy movie. And then some of the, it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> that gets the rating up.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Kelsey Grammer is, is an interesting actor. I mean, he, you know, he had this long running sitcom, well, two sitcoms, you know, Cheers and Fraser, that he was involved in. Um, his sort of film work as as a lead hasn't really sort of pulled off, you know. I mean, he, he was in Down Periscope, I don't know what, 20 years ago now?
0: Yeah, about 90 years ago. sort of
1: police academy style comedy about a submarine, which I I must admit, I do like a lot. Um so, so, you know, as, an act, as, as a film actor, he hasn't sort of really sort of gained much traction. But he's sort of been doing these sort of little roles. I mean, you know, he pops up in The Expendables 3, for God's sake. Um, and he was, was
0: Beast in the X-Men. That was and, random. And
1: exactly. And he was, was really good at it. <laughs> and it was. Uh, and, and recently he was in Guardians of the Tomb, which is surprisingly good. You know, um, I've I really enjoyed that one. Uh, and, and, now, and now this, where he's playing this this bad guy. But... Each time he, he is, you know, he's he's worth watching. He's very entertaining. He plays he plays this role with gusto. Um, and, and, you know, there's another actor we've had to sort of sit through recently and you just think, oh, I wish he could just take all his roles. You know, <laughs> I wish he could just sort of come in and, yeah, no, we're, not, we're gonna go in a different direction now. We're gonna, gonna go with Kelsey. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's fair. Let's just say, let's say, say who it is because I think it's fair enough. Bruce Willis. Yeah, fucking, Bruce Willis. Fucking
1: Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's who it's just about. not
0: merely much of a presence, and it's really funny that you sent a comment through
1: mm.
0: about saying, "Oh, I wish he'd, he'd have, um, he'd have Bruce Willis's role." And I, and I replied back saying, "You know, it's really funny because when I was watching it, I was basically thinking exactly the same thing <laughs> of how much more he was bringing to the role in in exactly the kind of role that could have have been cast with bruce willis but yeah who is not the sort of guy you would expect to be comparable to bruce willis mm. is so much better he, he's he's he, he's putting all that effort like you say it's it's proper gusto and you know he's um yeah, i loved all his you know he's consistent <laughs> presence you know they keep going back to him and you just love every scene you watch with him he, he, he brings such a lot to the movie
1: Yeah. Uh, As I said, you know, Adam Copeland, I've seen a couple of films of his um, under the WWE banner. There's one where he was a a detective. Yeah, he actually had short hair in that one as well. He was a detective trying to interrogate a terrorist. Um, And that that was actually quite good with a decent payoff. And I can't remember what it's called. But there was another one where he was like a private investigator and he was a real sort of affable sort of comedies kind of, kind of things. So, so yeah. Well, that I, I one don't... where
0: he was interrogating someone was called Interrogation.
1: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, this <laughs> is the first time I've seen him in anything, to be honest, and I know he's done other stuff like episodes of uh, The Flash and hmm. things. But, but, yeah, I quite liked him. I thought he was quite, I mean, he's. it's one of those heist movies with the sort of lovable rogue characters, isn't it? And uh, yeah. I thought he sort of pulled that off quite well. You know, he's obviously he's not, it's trying to be Ocean's Eleven, and it, mm. he's not George Clooney, obviously. But no. for what for what they're trying to do, I thought he did quite well. You know, it's better than it would have turned, much better than it would have turned out with um, some other people. Like you know, if they'd have tried, if they'd have tried to make it a Steven Seagal thing, for example, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: like End of a Gun, which was a bit of a heist movie, which but they didn't really have the
1: constituent
0: parts, and it just didn't really work uh, very well. Uh, this one, every, all the bits are there. It's just the concept is is so. It's, it's Well, it's quite out there for one thing, but you know, they just haven't got the resources yeah. to give it its due. They, so they, they, I mean, they went the right the plane, way. They they, do, they're, they're, do, they're on the they, plane, they're doing this heist thing yeah. and everything up there. And you're just like, come on, how lax is the security yeah. on this <laughs> plane of like ultimate, you know, evil it, people. Doing, it's, quite like, evil it's quite
1: funny. It's quite funny because they do the run through. Um, where, where he explains the plan, and you see that it being acted out, and and usually that would be like, oh, that's uh, that's the way we want the plan to go, but oh no, there's a fly in the ointment, and it's all gone horribly wrong, and we have to do this and you know differently. But in this one, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it goes exactly to plan almost. You know, um, right from the off, and it's just a case of needing the time to, to do it. I mean, there's one aspect which was quite amusing which didn't really have the depth it needed, but the whole actual gambling bit, uh, because the idea is, you know, this, this airplane is, oh, it's in international waters or airspace. airspace yeah. Um, so therefore we can do what we want, not, you know, the fact that it doesn't actually work like that is beside the point. Um, so, you know, the gambling on really weird shit all the way through, <laughs> it's like, like, his friend, asked this, sort of, and he ends up in a Russian roulette game, which is quite amusing. I love the winning. payoff. It yeah. was, yeah. was a great payoff. So. <laughs> but um, then he's sort of, like, going, oh, you've you got to give us a time. He's got, like, uh, I don't know, uh, 17 minutes or something. And he goes, oh, well done. So, you know, good, good bet. So, And it turns out it's a bet to find out how long somebody will live after being bitten by a cobra. Yeah. It's sort of stupid stuff like this, which is um, quite amusing. But, yeah, it, it just didn't have... It needed about another sort of $50,000 or something to, for the sets, you know, and, and tighten up the editing a bit. But it, it's almost there, you know. It was definitely in the right direction. They definitely had the right cast for this. Um, but it, is, it's, it's, it lacks polish, basically, is what it is.
0: Are you familiar with the, um, the guy who played the concierge?
1: No. Joey, not...
0: Joey Lawrence. So he was like a teen heartthrob. Okay. In blossom. In blossom and stuff oh like my that. God. Yeah. So
1: <laughs>
0: and his 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 brother well basically the movie is directed by the youngest Lawrence brother, Andrew Lawrence. Hmm.
1: And
0: so he's his his brothers um, his brothers play the concierge and the the cowboy. Yeah. The the, the Russian game character, yeah, uh, character. And they're all they're all former child stars, basically. And uh yeah so I thought well, that was quite interesting to see what you know what this guy is doing in the, he's this guy's the, the lesser known of those he's, he wasn't mm. a big but they used to do a sitcom altogether together and all that sort of thing. so this is a very different kind of thing for for him to do and I thought but I thought Joey Lawrence was actually pretty good in that mm-hmm. concierge role but I just again the the problem was they didn't have the 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 whole scale of it was just off you know it just yeah. didn't fit I mean the the one I really like is the the, um, the bloke who's the second-in-command who sort of lays out the rules. Yeah, yeah. Games. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that actor's name is, but I've seen him in a few things. He's I really like him a lot. I think he's great, and he brings something quite good to it. Um, just to go back to the director, I don't know if you remember the Mr. Bean movie, mm-hmm. the first one, but he was the boy who makes friends with Mr. Bean. All right. <laughs> and, uh, this that was about so twenty
1: years ago. I twenty three years ago. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So that's who he is. Um, yeah. So I'd say apart from you know some of the set dressing you know, and the garish red lighting and mm. some some of the choices, I, I thought it was fine. Really.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I have to agree. So what are you going Please. to score it? Rich? Uh,
0: I'm going to have to score it mainly for grammar. I'm going to I'm going to give it a six out of ten.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna join you on a six. Um, the cast is great. You know the sets are a bit wonky, um, and, and yeah, a few other little bits and pieces which could have been tarted up. But overall, this this was quite entertaining. So yeah, two sixes out of ten for Money Plane. Our next review is Pay Dirt. After serving five years in prison for marijuana possession, Dominic Brooks, a.k.a. The Brit, puts his old gang back together with the aim of recovering millions of dollars he managed to hide from both the DEA and his old boss. However, neither side are letting bygones be bygones. Um, I sort of made, made a bit of a cryptic message to you guys earlier, like, welcome to 2006, because yeah. I am fucking sick to death. Sick to death of in media res and bloody credit sort of name cards coming up, sort of explaining who everyone is. So, so this film kicks off with these five bloody people all being introduced with stupid bloody pirate names. We got the the Brit, We've got, babe, got the Brit, the, the, the Babe, the Badass, the, brain, the Brawn, the dom. Yeah. So yeah. they're all bees. Yeah, Why didn't they call this film Except the Five Bees"? Who? I said the Dom. Don. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, fucking anyway. <laughs> so we've got Val Kilmer as the DEA sheriff guy who um, <clears throat> he, he sort of cocks up this this raid. But that's right. There are two um, uh, corrupt DEA agents involved as well. There's this whole Latino gang going on. There's there's a lot of different pieces. It's one of those sort of shaggy dog stories kind of thing, but in the centre of it. You got a pretty decent performance from um, Mac Goss. Luke Goss. Luke Goss. Luke Goss. I, I see. As soon as I said it, I knew it was wrong. It was, no, I, see, I see other brothers. Anyway, yes, Luke Goss um, do, doing a very good job holding this film together. It has its moments, that's for sure. But, I mean, that opening sequence, stretch. I mean, what a way to start a film! It is just so bloody jumbled. It, they might as well have done in media res. It's a bit well. The, do you mean like the bit where he's? Um... You got the you got the, the the Latino boss sort of you know yeah. digging digging in the, in digging the thing, and then all of a sudden you got the yeah. stood in the middle of this oil field or, or staring,
0: you know, staring, you know, staring
1: staring into at the... nothing. Oh, and and then it then it sort of hit his arrest and things. Oh, it, it was it was a jumbled mess. You know, why isn't there anyone watching this going? What was that? Why, why did you start your film in, in such a fucked up way? It, I, I just don't understand. I really don't. Yeah,
0: I, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, Steve, have you had a chance to catch up with this one?
2: I saw about, uh, about 25 minutes. I yeah. started watching it last night and then fell asleep.
0: <laughs> did you fall asleep because you were tired or
2: because you were bored? Because I was knackered. It weren't to do with the film, to be fair. Right. I mean, I was quite enjoying it. You know to a point, but like Mike said, you've got all the the way it is introduced. Is it's well, I think Mike said today on the, on the message it's 2006 again, and I just said it reminded me of Lockstock,
1: yeah, you exactly. Know. Lockstock 1998, I think, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, then, then you had like you know the smoking aces and the losers, they, they both use the same thing. I'm sure I've seen other stupid films that do it. You know, yeah. or, or, or films which don't even bother giving their characters proper names. You know, it it's just drives me around the
0: twist. Ah, oh, really. what like that blooming Christopher Nolan, that Tenet. Like
1: I really. I haven't seen that yet. I don't. I don't know much about Tenet actually. I'm sort of like avoiding it until, <laughs> no, until it I, think it. He, I think. I think.
0: I think he's just credited as protagonist, the main yeah. guy. Oh,
1: god, that's just pathetic. <laughs> 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 <I> mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, is is he's like going, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, protagonist, you know?
0: Oh, we're a bit nervous on the mic. A bit nerve here, aren't we? <laughs> I just you know, this is if this one, if this had been the one that had the drone, you'd have had a <laughs> you'd have had a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mike's Nadir of DTV land. Bingo, basically. <laughs> just, yeah, everything Mike hates about DTV.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to step in and say what I did like about Go on. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did quite like some of the, the film's got an interesting tone because it's quite comical at points. And then other points that like, they drop out the comedy entirely. Mm. And it, it sort of feels like it changes it into a different movie, but some of the comedy, uh, I, there, I thought there were some lines that that, that worked really well, so i quite uh, I quite like uh, so for example, or not even a line, but there's a bit where Val was sitting on a deck on a bench hmm. and somebody comes I'm up like, and gives money. Money. <laughs> give you some money, <laughs> which I thought was really great yeah.
1: um,
0: and uh I liked because i was i wasn 't expecting it i mean hmm. uh, Luke Goss has got a very well established uh, career as a leading man in Hollywood these days but I've not seen a huge amount of his films. And this is probably the first time I've seen him do one where he's actually using his English accent because uh, he's usually playing Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice surprise uh, uh, to see, to see uh, him actually using his real, real voice. Uh, Val Kilmer. I quite liked seeing him, although I, I'm pretty sure he was dubbed. All right. Like yeah. like Most of the yeah. time by somebody else because of his, um, throat cancer recovery and all that I mean I don't know if you ever saw The Snowman the Michael Fassbender film yeah but he was so obviously dubbed in that movie um and this is a couple of years later and I think he's had a bit more recovery but so a few of the lines might have been his or he, he's gone in for looping maybe or somebody else has done mm-hmm. it but there's definitely a disconnect between what what you're seeing <laughs> he's yeah and hearing. I definitely got that that's quite un- understandable um the plot itself was a bit confusing for me so it's kind of you're going along for the ride and then there's a a massive explanation right at the end to to try and fit the fit the yeah. pieces together and that which is a bit um, in terms of sort of heist movies and stuff i think where you know where's like money playing was like oceans 11 this is more like an out of sight kind of thing yeah um jackie brown all, all those sorts of sorts of mm. tales um and Yeah, it's convoluted. Characters are quite interesting, some of them. I didn't like the brains. It was annoying. Uh, I like the brawn. The brawn was probably my favourite supporting character. Um, I'm not remembering what their actual names were.
1: But, yeah, they, I mean, to be fair, that you know, they do actually have real names in the film. They do. But they do. but there, there there is at least one point where one one of his own crew refers to Lucas as Brit or the even. Oh, the they call Brit.
0: him the Brit all the time. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's fucking annoying. Oh, another thing I liked was um, Val
0: Kilmer shares the screen with his daughter Mercedes, and yeah. they've got a couple of nice little. Um,
1: they do, yeah. So, so one thing I did enjoy about uh, Luke Gosse's character as well is the fact that he's he's been in prison for five years and comes out, and, and there's certain technological and, and cultural things he just doesn't understand. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, which was quite amusing. Mm. The sort of going, oh, you can, yeah, we don't have fire you, you don't have cable, you don't cable, stick? but you can use a fire stick, and you know, oh, you know, such and such is an influencer now, and it's like, what the fuck's an influencer? And then they explained it, to him. He's going, what <laughs> Which I thought was quite good. So overall, it, it, this is relatively entertaining. It is, you know, bis- despite the things I really don't like about it. But it's, it's, it does as at moments. It it doesn't offend or anything like that. It goes along at a reasonable pace. Um, I've seen the director, Christian Sesma, he, he's been working with um, uh, Luke Goss before. I've seen The Night Crew. And that was actually quite enjoyable. Um, a bit more, had a bit more sort of story to it than this, a bit more, bit more momentum. What
0: about, um, about was 72?
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I just can't remember anything about it.
0: Uh-huh. No, I do want to, I'm quite interested to catch up. He's made, I mean, Lewis Mandelaw's in that, and there's quite mm. a few other people, like RZA and there I'm, I'm, There's quite a few, you know, I quite like Luke Goss. Mm. But I haven't seen a huge amount of his of his films. Probably, of all the stars, he's probably the one I'm drawn to least. Mm. Um, oh, v- *Vigilante Diaries*. I think uh, no, was yeah. no Luke wasn't in that one. But Chris Sesma did *Vigilante Diaries* as well. He's yeah. got quite a he's got quite a a list of films that he's made.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I thought this was fine, but yeah, very very much influenced, perhaps too obviously by a lot of better movies. Mm. Um, it's it's not i think comparing it with money plane again you know that's got like a big concept and not the money to carry it off whereas this is a simple tale of criminals in the desert yeah. you know they nicely shot out. i mean they the,
1: you know you yeah. know that scene at the end where, where they're in the um, in in that sort of palm tree area and you got that sort of zone, um, drone shot from above it looks really really good you know there's some really nice photography going on within well is this so. the
0: one with the bad sh- out, uh, exterior shot of the plane flying where it just looks like it's <laughs> like somebody's cut out a picture of a plane yeah, yeah. in front of the camera yeah
1: it's just like why
0: does that look so bad but um, <laughs> the rest of it sort of looks okay but yeah i think you know if you like if you like these sort of criminal tales and you know shaggy dog story type things and you know, uh, vaguely amusing characters. Uh, I think it's uh, it's worth a look. Uh, I on that note, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it seven out of ten.
1: Well, I'm gonna drop one below and I keep this one to a six um, for different reasons. To money plane, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's certainly watchable. It's it's, it's reasonably entertaining. Um, so check it out. Our third feature review this week is Widow's Point. Thomas Livingston is an author looking to return to his horror writing roots with a non-fiction book about a haunted lighthouse called Widow's Point. As a teaser gimmick for the book, Livingston has himself locked inside for the weekend with no way of contacting anyone. What at first seems just as publicity stunt soon turns sinister as he is besieged by strange goings on. Uh, so this stars Craig Sheffer, who um, is probably best known for his role in. Um, oh fucking hell, the films. Nightbreed. 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 That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, which was what back in the 90s, early 90s. 1990. 90. Bang on 1990. Um, I, I quite like doing this, I must admit. It, it, it's not quite a one-man show. Um, on the outside um, is his uh, publicist and his, his assistant and a cameraman who, you know, they've got a feed into the um, lighthouse but they don't, uh, sort of Livingston doesn't have any access to it. Um, it's very cheap, it has a great location, but overall it's very cheap. There's no sort of bells and whistles going on here um, until the end, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. But um, I'm gonna throw this one over to you, Steve, to begin with. What do you think of Widow's Point?
2: I it started on 4K, and then went straight downhill, to be fair. <laughs> um, I thought his performance, at the start was quite good. Everyone else was absolutely terrible. Um, and like you say in the ending,
1: <laughs>
2: where the fuck did that come from? Well,
1: <laughs> there's no. No, no. It was it was hinted at. There, there's a couple of little bits um, that I picked up on. It's there's, t-
2: there's a couple of etchings, mm. and that is it. <laughs> and it just came out of nowhere. Oh, no. I mean, it start, like I say, it starts off not too bad. The old guy at the beginning is just overhamming it for everything. And it was more the throwback pieces. Mm-hmm. Like the poker game where, oh, I've got to act jolly, so I'm going to bellow as loud as I can. ha uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> ha! You know, things like and then when he gets flopped in the lighthouse, and obviously, I don't want to spoil it, but descends into madness. Mm-hmm. It was just so far over the top. Even Jack Nicholson would be pissing himself. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, um, Rich, what did you make of then, Widow's Peak? Sorry, uh, carry on. Um, <laughs> I didn't realise you, you were in mid rant there, Steve. Carry on. Uh, it's, it's the, the music as well, it was so overbearing.
2: Mm. Not, you know, you, you watch a horror film and it, it gives you the... It's just it's bang, bang, but bang.
0: at other points, constantly. Steve, at other points, didn't you think... Hang on a minute. This just sounds like somebody messing about on a keyboard, like not really yeah. knowing what keys they're putting. Like, like my son upstairs going, ding, ding,
1: ding, ding, ding. <laughs>
2: yeah, Exactly.
1: No, I don't know, I I'm don't know just... what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I, Rich. I'm, I'm
2: done running you're for done, now. You're
1: done right, for now. Take, take a breath. Um, Rich, what did you make of Widow's Point and its amateur dramatics?
0: I think, yeah, I think, actually, you're saying the amateur dramatics thing, sort of, um, that actually is a, a pretty good uh, observation. The um, some, Especially... Actually, like like Steve was saying, those flashback scenes and that they, there's a there is very much a, uh, a a sort of cheap Amdram quality to the you know the mm-hmm. they're they're not particularly convincing. It, it's it's quite a, it's quite a visually dull film uh, for the most part, uh, and there's not really a lot to you know the location's nice, but it 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 just doesn't feel uh, it doesn't. It's not filmed in a way that's, you know, captivating. It's just kind of there. Um, and even the interiors and stuff. So the, the film itself was structured with uh, the exteriors of the lighthouse. Then it was filmed in a different lighthouse for the interiors of the actual lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So those winding stairs that he yep. keeps getting stuck on and stuff. And then there's, a, there's the soundstage stuff, which is really obvious. You know, it's like you get yeah. to the end part where he's going full on you know, you get you get actors who go full Nicolas Cage, and I think well, in this one it feels to me like he goes full Gary Busey. Uh, <laughs> he's, just, he's just so he's so he's getting so nuts at the end. And let's be honest, the I mean, this is based on a novel by uh, two guys, Billy Chisma and Richard Chisma That you know, it's a total. I mean, we've seen this before, like at least you know a dozen times or something, I guess. But you know, The Shining is the is the the main one that you would always think of I mean there's var- there's been variations even Stephen King's done variations like 1408 mm-hmm. where a guy goes stays in a haunted place and whatever and he- is he going to go mad and you know get some messed about with and stuff so we- we've we seen it all before better um, and really for me Sh- Sheffer is the-, is the only reason to watch it I had quite I I did have fun with his one man show you know because it kind of turns into that sort of one man show Kind of thing. It feels very theatrical. The stuff on the stage, where he's going a bit mad and he, he's sort of looking at the camera, it, it does feel like you're in the audience of a theatre show more than a movie. Um, but I did quite enjoy his mental breakdown stuff. But the rest of it just wasn't really. And then weird floaty
1: <laughs>
0: thing uh, coming in again. That's quite yeah. that's, that. Dis- that again, that did seem quite um, Stephen Kingish that happening at the end but also it made me think of things like H.P. Lovecraft uh, yeah I think that's what
1: they're aiming for is Lovecraft Mm. uh,
0: yeah but uh, uh,
1: yeah so what what, did you find much to to I actually like this (laughs) (laughs) for (laughs) the most part um okay it's it's it is low budget it is very low budget so uh, and but I actually quite like those little vignettes as well you know that the um the the thing about them you know the film crew that were filming there with it with the actress who was like from the soap opera and you know yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was actually quite well done. There is a quite nice bit in there where they where you don't realise it to begin with, but two the two kids who are dead are sort of running around outside, um, sort of things like that, um, and the actual haunting bit as well. Considering they got no budget, so uh, and there was some stupid stuff like you know oh there's somebody walking behind him. You know, or yeah. going across yeah. the screen, you know, I think, I mean, no, that, that's just... No. That's but, Can but I just interject stuff, and say yeah. what,
0: what my favourite, my, my favourite one of those was, mm. you know, it's the hand on the shoulder. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, you scared me. <laughs> they <laughs> do really? three just, times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, um, you know, considering it got zero budget for for haunty stuff. The fact, I, I like the, you know, the fact that all his water uh, suddenly became seawater. So so he didn't have anything to drink, you know, and his, his food was all perished and things. And then um, the thing with the stairs, you know, because he mentions at the beginning that oh, there's was 59 steps up to the top of the lighthouse, and then he's carrying them later on. He's like going 99. What the fuck? You know, how the hell am I sort of stuck? It in? keeps going
0: around in that loop. And the one that pops. Yeah. I mean, again, we've seen that before. The one that pops into my mind yeah. now is uh, I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street 4. It keeps mm. running out of the cinema and then ending up back in the cinema or something yeah, and then I think, sort of um, going in this, you know, running in a circle.
1: Yeah, gra- Grave Encounters is the one I thought of, actually, sort of watching that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, Craig Sheffer himself is pretty good. There was, there was that one particular flashback with the girl when she finds the the cave with the, with the, sort of the cave drawing on it, and that's when I sort of perked up a bit, I'm thinking, well, okay, well, if you're going to show us that, you've got to do something with it. You know, you know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, I mean, I'm glad they did show us something at the end, but didn't have the money to sort of really do it. You know, I'm thinking, well, if if only someone like John Carpenter had had this script, you know, um, it would have been sort of a lot tighter and maybe sort of done it a bit of justice. But I think overall, I, I, I didn't mind it at all. And and I, I actually didn't mind the soundtrack. I actually, the, the music at the beginning, I thought was actually quite good
0: some of it i just thought was really either either too tinkly yeah. tinkly i don't mm. really know you know i'm just sort of pressing the keys or it was just repetitive which is one of the things i hate about some film music is just when you're just hearing <laughs> the same piece of music just all the time
1: oh yeah yeah
0: but yeah yeah so well i'm glad you i'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it we, we didn't it, the, it's interesting the the director gregory lamberson Mm-hmm. this seems to be quite a change of pace for him because look having a, having a look at his filmography he does work in the sort he does seem to work in the micro budget horror sort of realm but his films tend but based on the covers because I've never seen mm-hmm. one um, but based on the posters they do seem to be more um, uh, more so, sort of exploitational or you yeah, know yeah. over the top whereas this film is you know it's got a very nice poster and stuff but, you know it's very mm-hmm. um, uh, atmospheric kind of shot of this lighthouse. Now it it it, it pitches a completely different kind of movie to to what he's done before with films like Killer Rack, I think was one of them.
1: Um, his filmography reminds me of Jim. Is it Jim Minorsky that? Um, the, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Stormtrooper and things like that. Yeah, it's very very much in that sort of vein. But um, okay, so Rich, what are you going to score, uh, Widow's Point?
0: I'm going to go for a five on this one.
1: Mm-hmm. And Steve. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go with a high five. I, I want to give it a six but I just can't um, but yeah so two fives and a four for Widow's Peak. I, I enjoyed it for what it was uh, Rich and Steve not so much so take from that what you will <laughs> Our short shot this week is We Die Alone Aiden is an insular, insecure young man who finds it almost impossible to talk to women. When he accidentally hits it off with his new neighbour Chelsea, it looks like she might be the one he's been looking for after all. Um, I, I really like this one guys. Um, it's a decent short. It, it sort of sets up a, a certain um, sort of premise and expectation and then it sort of like does a a, a good sort of about turn and delivers something else at the end. Um, Really good performance by uh, Baker Jace Powell as Aidan, I think in this one. Um, It it does really well sort of coming across as this sort of nervous sort of guy. He's he's guilty at the beginning of catfishing. Uh, He sort of sets up these these dates with these women, but he he just can't sort of follow through at the last minute, um, which is where we meet him at the beginning. Um, but sort of gains a certain amount of confidence when he's sort of um, he's he's around Chelsea. Um, so uh, Steve, over to you first. Yeah, no,
2: it's really enjoyable this one actually. Like you say, you've got the the twist, which didn't really see coming. To be fair, um, and he's he's one of them. He's a nice, just a bit of a lonely kind of guy, you know. Mm geeky can't speak to women apart from the, um, the co-worker
1: Yeah, who's um, who
2: called Elaine. Elaine? Yep. Elaine. Elaine, that's the
1: one, yeah. <laughs>
2: who I think you know seems a bit older than him but I think she definitely wants to get with him.
1: Yeah,
2: I've, That's the impression I got, you know, she's like edging on and and then she sees this new girl and I think it was really well shot, hmm. really well acted. Um, I don't think it's one of them you could stretch out into, into a feature. I think it's no,
1: nice it, and tight as it is. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but no, it was really enjoyable. Rich, Richard, what do you think?
0: Well, I think Aidan's mad for not getting with Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you know, it's a, he he doesn't. He doesn't see what's right in front of him. He can't see the wood for the trees, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Yeah, I think I think you make a good, you know a good point there. That's that's probably the that's probably the idea of it. Um, the main part of the story, I in, and his character Aiden, uh, I wasn't really you know I was watching it. It's fine, but I wasn't really sold. But the 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 the, the, the about face that it does at the end was. Was really great. Um, that's that's the that's what sells it to me as something that I would say is recommended to mm-hmm. to watch because uh, I think that's it's you know it's the kind of thing we've probably seen we've seen before, but it's handled really well. Uh, it, it, I mean, the, the problem is when you know you know we're talking about it now and people yeah. know. I mean, so if if uh, they'll probably experience it differently, but if you if you're seeing this without hearing us saying mm-hmm. there's a twist coming, you know the way we did. Um, it really comes out of left field, and it's it's done it's done so well, uh, and yeah, I I, I really like that payoff. Um, it's not even just it's not even just like a right at the end thing. It's it's it's, it's you know.
1: Oh no, that's right. Yeah. A chunk yeah. of, the,
0: of the of the running. Of the, it's a twenty-four film, and it's um it probably takes its twist you know a, a reasonable way through there um to you know give some sort of development to the, to to that the, that thing that it that it does that it introduces so yeah that's that's the point where i i enjoyed it from i think
1: there's um there's a, there's a couple of nice bits in the script um where you, you get a bit of foreshadowing um there's is a, a bit of begin- where when Chelsea sees a he does these jigsaws and she says something along the lines of, oh, I, you know, I used to do these as a kid, or I love doing jigsaws mm. and, you know, I, I love sort of finishing them and then breaking them up and doing them again. You know, mm. and, and there's when he when he finally calls her as well, or, or rather she calls him because he leaves the note. Um, and it's like, uh, you know, he says, oh, do you want to come around and do a jigsaw? And there's just a pause before she responds you know, you can see her mind working or, or you can almost hear her mind working before she says, OK, you know, and it's sort of when you if you if you watch it twice, you, you sort of pick up on it because obviously what happens? Um, and you, you can sort of see why she sort of comes through that way. Um, yeah, I've, I thought uh, Baker Chase Powell. I mean, I've seen another short that they did called Vexed. Where he plays a completely different character, so so you know he's it's, it's, he's not just sort of playing one type, and and I like the, the the fact that when we first meet him, he's he's you know this nervous guy trying to sort of recite this speech that he's come up with, um, and there's, there's a point where he gets hold of Chelsea's um, camisole, not not for any sort of nefarious means, but happenstance, <laughs> but um, you know because he's able to put that on his his mannequin. He gains a certain amount of confidence, you know. He's a bit more sort of debonair and suave all of a sudden, you know. um, We've got a sort of different look in his eye, and then then when when sort of he finds out that Chelsea doesn't keep staying in one place very long, you know, it it all starts crumbling around him, and that's why he becomes more desperate, you know, at that moment, which I thought was um, quite good because he'd already sort of like you know, sort of projected onto her all his his wants and needs, so he's saying.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the mannequin there. He he kind of he sits down for dinner with his mannequin and stuff, doesn't he? So
1: yeah, I mean, I mean this is, this is the this is the thing as well, isn't it? I mean, I mentioned the fact that he's basically catfishing these women. You know, not 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 in any sort of nasty way, but you know, he's able to sort of be a different persona online than he can be in real life, and he's able to sort of charm these women up to a point until they want to physically meet, and and then it just mm goes to bits and, and we, we find that he's got this like shoebox full of um cut out women's faces, you know, sort of from photos and things that he's been using for his mannequin o- over the over time. And and can he can you imagine like him actually getting to a date or getting to know someone and then they find the mannequin and the shoebox? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> it end up in a mental mm-hmm. asylum, wouldn't you after after that sort of sort of catastrophe but um yeah no this is this is really good i mean we've we've, you know we've seen quite a few films recently rich where which play around with um sort of uh, traditional horror genre tropes and and traditions and and this is another another one in that stead i think Mm. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool cool so i actually um i was able to interview the director of this um uh, a guy called Mark Cartwright uh, and, and Baker Chase Powell for that matter and I shall put a link on the footnotes for that as, as well as the actual short so please check out both. Um, so yeah that, that is uh, We Die Alone, um, a very good short indeed. Our DTV throwback this week is Sabotage. After a hostage rescue goes wrong, Special Operative Bishop is court-martialed and discharged from the military, going into close protection work instead. However, when his new boss is targeted by the same person who sabotaged his last mission, Bishop finds himself working alongside FBI agent Castle to unravel a deadly conspiracy. Um, Yeah, so I think I saw this about three years ago when it was released by One Hundred and One films on, on Blu-ray along with a few really bad Albertian movies. Um, I really liked it at the time. I, I actually like it more now. Um, I, I think this is really good. Um, so this stars Mark Dacascos as um, Bishop of the erstwhile um, special forces assassin. Um, he teams up with Carrie-Anne Moss who's absolutely brilliant in this um, as special agent Castle. Uh, We also have Tony Todd as our main bad guy, but he's also supported by Graham Greene, sort of the Native American actor who was in the like sort of Dances of the Wolves and Thunderheart opposite um, uh, Val Kilmer back in the day, film I really enjoyed as well. I I, I really liked this when it first came out, uh, well when it was re-released I should say by 101 Films and I think I like it even more now than I did then. Uh, Rich, what did you make of this? Yeah, I I I
0: saw it when it came out. It it was made in '96. It came out here on video, obviously pan and scan '97. Uh, Revisiting it, it's nice to see it in a widescreen version. Uh, It's it reminds me. You remember a while back we watched uh, Silent Trigger with uh, Dolph Mm. Lundgren? Yep. I felt similar kind of movie, a similar kind of tone uh, to a lot of it. There's a it's very much kind of a slow burn thriller. Uh, so there's a couple of similar elements, you know, mistrust and, you know, uh, conspiracy theories and, and things going on in it. For me, the, there's a, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of really good bits in it and, you know, good moments and things to recommend it. One of which is the cast, which is really good, uh, as you've said, uh, and also includes John Neville, uh, Indeed, who played yeah. Baron, Baron Munchausen, I think in um, Terry Terry Gilliams yeah, film, yeah, Terry if Williams. I recall correctly. I think he was in for other, loads of other. He's been in loads of other stuff, but um, yeah, he's good. Um, but overall, I think the film's a bit too slowly paced for me, and especially in the midsection. gets like it's it's a bit sluggish for me there. The opening's quite interesting. When I was watching the, uh, um, what was it? The so you, you start out with you've got the the the. Uh, mission, going, mission going wrong kind of prologue
1: mm-hmm.
0: to the story. Uh, and then we flash forward. And this is where, you know, the uh, Bishop and uh, Tony Todd's character, who is called Sherwood, Sherwood uh, where they cross paths again, because uh, um, mm-hmm. Sherwood was, you know, basically Sherwood shoots Dacascos at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now here he is uh, trying to kill his Markian. So Bishop is under suspicion, uh, that, but uh, there's a whole thing going on with stuff, with stuff. And chess is a theme as, as our friend Tom Jolliffe, mm-hmm. who, who wrote a piece about this recently pointed out, you know, there's, there's a chess theme, uh, Cascus's character is called Bishop and, uh, Moss's one is called Castle. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, I mean, there isn't a piece called the Castle, but you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's that sort of theme going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I get, I, I get that. There's, it, it's mostly enjoyable for the cast. There's a couple of nice action beats at the start when Dacascos is chasing, uh, well, he's not chasing him, he's trying to get to Sherwood, who's on top of a building miles away. And uh, he does like a jump across. It, uh, there's a bit where he like runs across traffic and stuff, and it, and it looks like there's a couple of, like, he's doing as much as possible himself. Yeah, uh, yeah so roll really
1: across the bonnet of a car, obviously getting hit and things. Yeah, and that was
0: it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the um, what is it? Oh, yeah, the um, there's a bit of the oh, again, like silent trigger, it must have been a thing around that sort of time, you know, these massive guns, hmm. these huge with these huge bullets and stuff. So, that's oh, a quite yeah, feature. 50, we get these
1: like 50 caliber guns, yeah, 50 caliber they? rifles, yeah.
0: But what's interesting is they do like these bullet time ish kind of mm-hmm. you know, bullet shots. And this is, and this was three years before the Matrix, which also has got Carrie Ann Moss in it. Yeah. Ah, but it
1: was after Sniper, wasn't it? After the Tom Berenger movie.
0: But did that do that? Did Sniper yeah. do? That? Yeah, yeah
1: had a similar sort of thing.
0: It's probably the mm-hmm. other people have done it as well. But I thought that you know that jumped out. I mean, it was nice to see it again. Um This was made by Tibor Takács, um, mm. who's, who most well known or was most well known originally for for the film The Gate, with yep. Steven Dorff and that. But then kind of went into DCV action. This was the first of three. Features that he did with Dacascos So he did Redline with Rutger Hauer And then Sanctuary And he also Mm -hmm. did some work on the Crow Stairway 7 TV series So they've obviously had a good working relationship And all of that stuff I thought was Average, basically I haven't, you know, this Mm -hmm. is not the mark I mean, Dacascos has a lot of great Star quality And he he, he is a good lead here Uh, We don't get to see him This is not him doing his... um, Martial arts and stuff, which is a bit disappointing, but that's fine, you know, because he's a, a an actor who does different kinds of roles. Uh, and here we get to see more of the more of the Cascos, the actor. Um, but uh, I would have liked a bit, a, a little bit more action. Um, what else is there to say, really? was um, nice. Uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think it was nice to see it again, but you know, it 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 didn't blow my mind or anything.
1: It's it's not a mind blowing film and it's not going to knock your socks off, but I did admire it. Um, there's a certain amount of attention to detail going on in here, um, just just sort of little things really. The whole thing about the sort of sniper rifles, um, the fact that you know when the, when when they sort of um, they've got one of the guns in custody, sort of thing, and the Cascos wants to look at it, and and Carriamus sort of, you know tells them to put some bloody gloves on before. Handling it, you know, just little things like that, which which a lot of films would have skipped to be to be fair um, Carrie-Anne character I thought was great. She has a great line at the beginning when she butts heads with the um, sort of the local police and she goes, oh, you can go make me a cup of coffee he goes, "What? I'm not making a cup of coffee." So, well, you're useless to me. Then get off, get off my crime scene. You know, just just little things like that. I thought was really good. Um, the, the character's this, got a really good arc, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes, you know, it goes, it goes very dark at the end. Um, I, I just, I just love the bit where uh, Graham Greene's character is trying to go, trying to bl- play along as if nothing's happened. You know, he's like, "Oh no, we've, we uh, think we found your daughter," and just like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> just <laughs> blows her away. So yeah, no, I thought overall this was um, pretty decent. It could be a bit shorter, um, could be a bit tighter, but overall, you know, the the, the whole conspiracy thing's a bit murky. Um, but I thought I thought the action was good. There's there's some nice sort of shootouts and things going on. Overall, Tony,
0: Tony Todd's great, obviously. Tony Todd um, is
1: very good in this. I, it was, he
0: was he get he goes missing uh, sort of the middle part of the mm. movie, and, he, and 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 I think it really. It's, uh, that was one of the things that sort of made the film suffer a bit because he just brings, again, there's just something about his presence and that. He just brings that, um, elevates the material, you know, that somebody else could have played that yep. character and just been completely forgettable. Exactly. And he's just got this, yeah. he's just a, got this status and that. I mean, it's a bit like his character in, um, in The Rock, which I think he made around the same time. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed this. I, I think there's, it has got, A bit more attention to detail than usual for this sort of film, like certain other films, which we will talk about in another episode. Um, (laughs) We we don't score these ones, but we will mention that it's uh, available on Amazon Prime. Uh, If you're a subscriber, it's free. Um, This is definitely a decent watch, so go check it out. okay so that is the end of this week's show if you like what you hear <clears throat> then let us know um we are available on facebook and twitter as the dtv digest you can also get hold of us on email at the dt well the dtv digest at gmail.com um and we'd love to hear from you so get in touch and uh, yeah thank you for listening